And welcome back to another episode of the Pals Podcast presented by Hard Bite Chips. I'm your co-host, Danielle Galarno. And I am Ricky Liorti. <laughs> you're not going to speak? I'm waiting for you. <laughs> I was going to. I said you're going to do this intro. <laughs> okay. I thought. Are you nervous now? No. Anyway, <laughs> so today we had Garrett Nealis on the podcast. He's a musician actually from Winnipeg. Naturally from Winnipeg, guys. Yeah, came but here for living in living in Toronto now. Yeah, singer, songwriter, uh, just overall a great dude. Like, didn't know too much about him before he came on the podcast, and we actually had a really good time. And I, I know I, I make sure maybe sometimes I do this, but I generally really mean this. Like, I think the future is very, very bright for him. So like, do just I. his attitude, everything about him, just like good energy, good vibes, and. Funny enough, he showed up like 30 minutes early too, which was actually hilarious. But we got a chance to just like sit down off air and shoot the shit. And it was like awkwardly really nice. Like we don't usually get along with someone that, that quickly, well. that, that like right off the bat like yeah. that. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of guests we've had on before and like we have like maintained relationships with them in the past. But I think he's genuinely someone that we will maintain a relationship with. Yeah. And I, I, I caught myself saying this during the episode, but he seems like so self-aware. So when you're saying that you think he's just going to go far, I think he will too. I really think he, uh, the, yeah, honestly, there's and he's amazing. big, big things on the rise from, he just, uh, released an EP 27, 27, yeah. probably about a couple of weeks ago. Now yeah. was it in October 27th. He released it around then or November 27th. You're really messing with my brain right now. Anyways, he released a new uh, EP recently. Go check it out. We'll put all the links here. Um, but yeah, just take a listen to this. It was honestly a phenomenal episode. Like we, when, when they left, we were just like, that was a really really fun episode and it's a long one so please listen to everything because you're going to want to yeah buckle in get ready whether you're listening on the drive or you're listening on your walk hot girl walks what's hot the, boy walks i was gonna say what's the male version of hot girl walks hot boy walks i don't know hot girl walks i actually have something to bring up later but we're gonna save this for another Intro. episode yeah uh, and anyways, Danny, let's thank our sponsors, the people who keep the lights on and pay for us to do this. Hard bite chips, our favorite chips. And unfortunately, I'm so sorry. They're not in the camera right now because Ricky ate all of them. It wasn't my fault, though. But we will have them on display next time. Check them out. You can find them at any of your local grocery stores, natural food stores. Um, they truly are amazing. And they're made in Canada, which is what yeah, we love. Yeah, made in BC. They're in the healthy food section. Uh, which is obviously great. That's how you know they're you know good healthy products. Actually, funny enough, remember Garrett did the shout out too for Hard Bite. He did. Tennis? There's actually a shout out mid episode. Yeah, Hard Bite. We love you guys. Garrett loves you. Um, thank you guys listening. Go check them out. Go grab a bag. Uh, perfect for the holidays. Check them out. My favorite flavor is either the spicy ketchup or the avocado. Um, I know Danny. Actually, Danny didn't get to really try many of them because I just devoured them all. But they're delicious. Anyways, go check them out. And Danny, let's jump into it. What do we say? Let's fucking go. gets nervous this is danny's what did we say it's your 25th or your 30th episode yeah around there and you're still nervous eh? obviously do you get, wait do you get nervous when you play shows i i don't get nervous um i get i get excited I'll, i just, i don't feel the nerves as much anymore okay 
Yeah. I get more nervous doing stuff like podcasts. And, really? You know, I, I'd say that trying to sit down and have a one-on-one conversation and really be there in the conversation. So exactly. Way more nerve wracking than going up and, you know, being who you are on stage to me. So Ricky tells you right before this that he loves having a podcast because he gets someone's undivided attention for a full hour. And that's what makes you nervous. So way to go, Ricky. You made him nervous. Do you know why? Maybe it is because... On a podcast like this, when you don't know the questions, you, you can't really prep for it. There's there's no, like I, I think somebody once asked us, like a PR person was like, so what should we prep? What should we prep for? I was like, uh, there's nothing to prep for. Just come in here and be yourself. Mm. Sometimes I get that because when you're on stage, like you're in control of literally everything. You've done this, you know, you've performed your songs or you've played your songs so many times where it's like this is, it's what you do. It's what you, mm. it's your job. It's what you doing stuff like this where you know what if I ask like the craziest curveball of a question you're saying like <laughs> what if this was the one of those like gotcha, what if this was one of those like gotcha podcasts like here we're just here to we're gonna pull up this tweet from 2015 where you said this and like get canceled or something i want my publicist which <laughs> <laughs> is like tap out excuse me sorry <laughs> mom come get me it's funny you say that actually though like because i'd say over the last year i've gotten super type a about music and i've like been actually scripting a little bit of what i want to say in performances so i'll like print out the fucking set list and then in between each song i'll put like introduce band and like thank venue and stuff and and i i know you're probably gonna like say that, that 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 it is a good thing i think it's actually worked against me for some reason and it it might just be me personally but i used to I used to wing everything. I sometimes I wouldn't even come to a show with a set list and I'd have to play three 45 minute cover sets. Uh, and the reason I didn't come with a set list is because I wanted to go out, read the room, meet people and not have a set game plan. So I think it's, it kind of goes Fuck to what that. you're saying, right? Fuck like, with that. like if you don't have that, that formula before you know, entering into the room. Sometimes, like, that's where the magic happens. Okay, but. so that's me and Ricky's biggest thing is, like, on course. Mm. Most of them are planned out and, like, set. I miss, like, an old organic encore where, like, the crowd's going crazy and we're, like, we want you back on stage. But now it's, like, we already see the set list pre-show. You Google it and mm-hmm. it's we know there's going to be an encore. And it's always the best song. But if, if, the, if the crowd sucks, if I'm an artist and I'm performing... And the crowd just, it wasn't it. It was just, you know, it was a mediocre crowd. I'd be like, you know what? You don't deserve an encore. <laughs> That's it. And I would say it. I'd be like, hey, yeah. you know what, guys? I appreciate you coming out. You guys were a 7 out of 10. No encore tonight later. <laughs> I'd, I'd say if it, if the crowd didn't respond to you as a band, you don't deserve to play that encore. Yeah, it's I, not it, the crowd's it, fault. It goes both ways. It's not the crowd's no, but fault. J- we use this example all the time. It's Jay-Z and Kanye watch the Throne um, tour. They would play uh, in Paris. Uh, as their encore song and depending on how hyped the crowd was was depending on how many times they played it so in Toronto they played it three times New York was five in Chicago where Kanye is from they played it nine times back to back to back so basically you heard in Paris for approximately 30 minutes straight imagine being in a concert and hearing one of the top songs in the world and like every time Kanye's like yo Jay what do you think he's like I like it he's like right, let's run it back one more time nine times what would you do if you were there I'd be going, I'd be going off the whole nine times. Yeah, so would I. I think it'd be the best like concert. What's the best concert? But you- that the, just just before we get to that, that that is why 
the best song has to be the encore. I don't think you can change that. I've seen it I done know, another like, way. I've <laughs> seen it done where deep cuts are encores, and I can honestly say I don't. I think it's it doesn't show the reverence for for what brought them to that so place. This was a planned encore, obviously, but Arkells two summers ago, mm. their encore was a cover song. Yeah, and every night Abba. was a different song. It, no, it was a different for every oh, night on the tour so, or okay. something like that. And it was ABBA one of the nights. Yeah, yeah. And it was so much fun. That'd be cool. Give me, give me, give yeah. me. Yeah. That also a Yeah, that, that's yeah, a good song, This was though. a banger. No, but they did another song, too. And I just, like, I thought that was fun. But it's like, yeah. you knew that was going to happen, like, the night, other night show. But I don't know. And that's a band that, like, that band was made to play encores. Their live show is so, so fucking infectious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they have so many encore songs, in my opinion. Like... There's so many songs that they have where it's just like, oh yeah, that could be the end of the night song there, and you know you'd want to hear it nine times in a row. But see, uh, the way I again, I'm not a musician, but if I was, I would play all my songs, and then the encore is based on like what the crowd loved. Oh, you know, like I'm I'm playing my 20 songs, and the crowd really went hype for that song number three. And I'd be like, "Hey band, let's get <laughs> out there. Back. We're playing number three. Or if they went off for like three and five, like, yeah, we're doing we're doing both of okay, them. Okay, I would love that because I love hearing my like the same song twice. Yeah. Like sometimes you I would I would not care at all. Sometimes I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. No, no, no. Really? I'm a purist. I I want to I want that that encore to be something that's saved for last. I I remember seeing so many of my favorite bands when I was younger, and I knew what song was going to be their encore. And then when it came on, it's like yes. This yeah. is the climax. Yeah, so, uh, it there are very few better feelings than hearing a song live that like means a lot to you. Like when you hear a song live that you like, you either got through, got you through some shit, or a song that you know makes you really happy, or a song that you you know is your boyfriend or girlfriend song or whatever. There's not much better than hearing that song live, especially if you're with someone that you genuinely care about, like with one of your loved ones, family member, partner, friends, whatever it is. Um, like I remember, like hearing like "Treat You Better," Rufus. Like it was your birthday. Uh, oh, I was gonna say. Well, even at, at Red Rocks, I was like, oh, Red like, Rocks is like twenty times better. I think, yeah. and like I think that was the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who were some of your well? Two questions. Who is uh, some of your favorite artists growing up? You said there was bands you liked growing up, and the second one is what? Uh, fuck. What was I gonna say? The second. One. Anyways, we'll, we'll stick to the first one. <laughs> Start we'll with to, one. You well, no, because I said it earlier. But then he are you t- nervous he, now? No, I'm chilling. So I, I just devoured a bag of chips. <laughs> I'm ready to rock. Yeah, and the like, hard bites are all you. gone. There. Thanks, hard hey, bites. Shout out hard bites. Yeah, you got to do the ad read now or what? <laughs> no, we're good. We do it at the intro. What a what a we good chip. What, though. Great, what a good <laughs> chip. Rivals rivals the salt and vinegar oh. by Miss Vicky's for sure. Is that you know your favorite oh. chip? That was my with favorite bullet. chip. Number one with a bullet. They have a spicy ketchup too. Spicy like I feel bad for Danny because I devoured the whole I can't. It goes straight to my hips. Go straight to Just my go house. to the gym a little bit longer. That's yeah. it. Or skip, skip a different meal. Or f- you know the fasting thing? You the know, fasting, fast, yeah. You can eat whatever you want from 12 yeah. to 8. Yeah. So that's all, that's well, it. it was either that or the vodka shot. I had to yeah, choose one or the I, other. Uh, I drank a lot yesterday. That's why I would have loved to have drank with you guys today because I love a good like drinking pod because it usually ends up like dinner and drinks afterwards. But I have... Uh, I have Actually, I'll tell a story because it was kind of funny. You got here fairly early today. Like re- Not fairly. You got here really early and... I uh, I finished my workout and I have a skin disease called tinea versicolor. Mm. So you have to put Celsin blue on and that's like you put it on and like 15 minutes later you go and shower. Okay. I was literally about to get in the shower when you got here. And I'm like, fuck, what do I do? He's here. 
and I'm like, I have salsa blue all over my upper body right now. That's why I just put on this big black sweater because I'm like, I need to cover this up. Oh man, you could have showered. While That's I was okay. Here. No, we we're gonna know each other. That's why. Yeah. This, this is why the pod's yeah. off to a hard start. We're not even like, we're not even ten minutes in. And we're okay already, with that. We're already rolling. Yeah, I'm just, I just, I just walk, walk out. I'm in my towel. Hey, <laughs> hey, make yourself at home. I'm just finishing up. <laughs> well, Daddy's good. Daddy's good. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're okay, real back. Go in. back to your question. F- favorite artist when you were growing up. So favorite. Oh, so this is how you tell a good episode when you see the loudness of the episode. Not oh. saying no, we're rolling. Okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite artist. <laughs> favorite. Well, okay. So first musical memory was dancing in my bathrobe with my dad in the living room to Backstreet Boys. What's up? Do you remember yeah. the song? Uh, yeah. It was get down, get, get down, down and yeah. move it. Baby, you're so fine. I want to make you yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah that, like that song. Second album. Yeah, that, that song was my first memories. But uh, um, first really artist that impacted me was um, Steven Tyler, Aerosmith. Yeah. And the song Angel. Um, that, was, that was the first moment that I heard a song and it blew my fucking head up. I was like, what is this? Um and just something about that song really introduced my world to to not just listening to music but i guess appreciating the 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 storytelling to it um and ever since i listened to that song i had this weird phenomenon where every time i'd listen to a, a song that i liked i'd see the music video in my head so it was almost like the music was creating these these films to me. Um, and that's really, I believe, how the, the beginnings of this whole venture, the songwriting um, and, the, and the performing really came to be. First off, Steven Taylor is unbelievable. One of my favorite songs was mm. the Armageddon um, theme <laughs> song. Go, yeah, thing, Go On yeah. Miss a Thing. Wow. I remember watching Armageddon for the first time and crying like a baby, like literally like a baby. Like when... He, when Everyone's seen it, so I'm going to give it away anyways. When Bruce Smith, uh, Bruce Willis, like, leaves Ben Affleck in there. He's yeah. Like, Take care of my daughter. Oh. And they're, like, talking through the glass. Yeah. First off, in what world do they send miners to space to, to mine through? <laughs> so why? You've never seen... You've never seen Armageddon? What? Oh, we got we to gotta, we oh gotta, gotta put that How? on after the podcast. <laughs> I haven't. The whole movie's about there's an asteroid coming to Earth. When did it come out? 20 years ago yeah exactly no. back then no. i only watched like, certain type of shows <laughs> i bet she was 97 calls. 97 yeah, around that time probably around 2000 ish give or take uh they basically send miners uh sorry dr- um oil drillers into space to drill through an asteroid that's coming to earth so they can split it in two so it, both pieces miss earth so instead of teaching the astronauts how to drill they teach like miners or drillers i guess what's the word i'm not drillers what's the word Anyways, I don't know. They 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 basically send them up to and teach them how to be astronauts, and they go upstairs. They go up there and like drill this hole for this asteroid. Just cool. like okay, crazy. I just want to go back to how often do you watch music videos now? Um, how often do I watch them? Aside from my own, yeah, uh, <laughs> not that often. Yeah, like when was the last time you watched a music video? Not that often either. Yeah. I feel like the only time is if I'm at home, and like I'm. Like putting YouTube on, then mm. like it'll go to like the official video. Like if I'm working, other than that, like it's always on Spotify or like yeah. Apple Music yeah, or something like that. Right. So it's like I 
can't see like i feel like when we were younger you'd go on much music much music. yeah and you'd watch like the like what those was are it? the best countdown the and countdowns. like much mega hits like that's what i really grew up on and that's yeah. the, that's the genre of music that that really captivated me was like that that early 2000s late 90s pop rock the canadian pop rock scene yeah. um i mean if you remember bands like faber drive and mariana's trench um, and other bands that we can't mention their name anymore because they do silly things. But uh, you so know what? We, we, we all thought of the exact same. Oh, because man. we just had this conversation yeah. with someone last week, and because she was like big into concerts when she was younger, and she's like, "Yeah, I was really big into like Canadian, like pop rock, pop rock." No, yeah. and then yeah, we just talked about like Mariana's Trench and all those different. Bands, it's but. sad because uh, of how much of a profound impact. They've had on so many people mm -hmm. in this industry, not just artists, but so many people in this industry say that they're in the industry because of that band. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really too bad, but either or, I don't want to talk about it because it's like watching a figure skater fall. But <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say that that early Canadian. He pop just pivoted out of that. Hey, eh? did you see that? That was good. Let him pivot. Let him pivot. That is a good publicist yeah. training. Let him, let him pivot. He's good at this. But um, so, uh, yeah, that early Canadian pop rock 2000 sound really shaped my sound. Um, and it's really, it's because I spent every day after school, my grandparents would pick me up and they'd make me these Japanese noodles. My grandparents were, or are Japanese. Um, and I would sit and watch much music countdown and then much mega hits for probably three, four hours on hand. And I, I would like picture myself doing these midi music videos and so it was really the beginnings of of all this did you ever film fruition. yourself so no i was never a big filmer of myself until i realized if you want to be an artist you fucking have to so <laughs> i never really did much filming of myself but i was on my bed with my guitar like i was singing to the audience in the mirror on basically every night so i uh I was always in training. We'll put it that way. <laughs> so you know, it's funny. Like me and my cousins were all like tone deaf and we have like no musical talent. Yeah. Like at all. But every summer at the cottage, we would put on a show mm. almost every weekend. And my cousin, one of my cousins, we called her the director of crap because like she produced crap. <laughs> and we would sit there. My dad would have his video camera and we would put on shows for everyone. And we, we would lip sync because like no one wants to hear our voices. And we would make up dances and do performance like we were doing music videos i love that for you danny yeah we still have them they're fun we're gonna well, watch them one day yeah they're good no I, I wish i had musical talent i've like i i would be the one singing in the shower and then people would be like could you stop singing like you're terrible yeah so so i'm like you i want to hear my own voice well, except you're like you're good you're definitely not like me like, maybe maybe yeah. you got the the acting abilities like yeah, that. I but i can sing like if you didn't hear me sing you'd be like that guy could be a pop star like, like if you see me do you, karaoke you know what you look like a pop star you really? got the leg tattoos the high socks <laughs> i'll take it yeah i'll take it that's the closest like, given the fact how many like musicians we have on this podcast like we're like the least talented people in music well, you could dance so that's i'm not, not saying that's like singing yeah but it's still in the like arts play, like, it's still in the arts right dancing 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 like it's yeah. an art but it's, part it's it. not it's i not. can't dance sing write play an instrument literally nothing you can speak English. But you can sure 
host a podcast. That's it. <laughs> People um, get more nervous coming on this than performing. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, this must be harder. Yeah. This must be harder. Was uh, your first concert? That was both of you. Your first concert. First concert, uh, the Moffats. Oh. Do you remember that band? I do, the little They're, three brothers. Yeah, yeah. They're a Canadian. That. They were a Canadian like boy Umba. band that turned into like a boy rock band. Oh. They were like kind of. They turned into they they started out very pop. No, it wasn't Mbop. That's Hanson. You're thinking. That's Hanson. Yeah. Oh, right. So they did. They did. They were kind of oh, like the yeah. Canadian Hanson for a yeah, while. You're right. And and they went in and and did some rock stuff. And I was like, I was probably six years old or something. I was like, Yeah, this is killer. <laughs> and my mom's like, Oh, we'll take you to the concert. So uh, I remember I was so excited. I like had my CD. I was gonna get it autographed. Fucking fell asleep through like the third no. song. Yeah. Just. There I am, six years old at the concert, out like a rock. <laughs> you know what? I actually a concert. I, I know. love seeing parents take young kids and the kids be so into the music. Yeah. And like I even like see videos on TikTok with these like girls who are like mega fans of like Harry Styles and they're like five years old, but they know every like they have earphones on, like they probably can't hear anything, but they're just yeah. so happy. You're like Taylor Swift, any of those. Yeah, they- it oh. makes me so happy that like because tickets are expensive. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. But like, it's nice to see like parents actually like taking their, because you know, it's like their happiest moment. Are they going to remember it? I don't know. When uh, yeah. I did Taylor Swift in Detroit, but right behind me, two seats over was a girl and her dad and they had matching outfits and the dad's shirt said like a Taylor Swift fan dad or something. Whatever the, <laughs> the dads of Taylor Swift are called. And then directly to my left was a little girl, maybe not older than eight or nine. Cute, cute little thing, all dressed up, glitter everywhere. Like, scream crying every single song you're just like that's a moment that this kid will probably remember for the rest of their life yeah hopefully my first concert i went to i don't know if it's the first was the first one i remember backstreet boys at uh scotia bank arena now scotia bank arena and i remember i got dressed up for it like i put on like dress shoes like dress pants And like a button up <laughs> shirt. No, like I got dressed up like I was going to like a formal event almost. That's so cute though. And I'm just like, oh, I'm probably like eight years old at the time, mm-hmm. maybe nine. And I remember like I barely, I must have just had my communion recently. That's the only reason I probably had these clothes. And I remember getting dressed up and my my parents couldn't come for some reason. I think my mom was in Brazil and my dad had to take my brother to hockey or something. And my neighbor Anita took me to this concert and I went all literally dressed up. And we took the subway down and everything and. Now here, here we are, thirty, not thirty years, twenty five years later. Mm-hmm. I still dress up for concerts though. <laughs> I would dress up as Pitbull to go. I dressed up for the podcast. You look re- like honestly. I saw you walk in. I was like, Thank I you. fucking feel like an idiot right now. He looks cool. Like I should have mm-hmm. looked cool. Hey, no, if that's your style, that's your style. This is my style. Like this is what I wear to bed, basically. I'm, you look cool. I'm, though. I'm a prima cool. donna. So. <laughs> you, look, you look cool. It's, it's got Thank the you. fit on. Thank you. Um, fuck. I had the question again. I wanted to ask, and then when you asked that question, it screwed mine up. Oh. Um, your favorite art, a uh, favorite concert you've been to? Probably the Moffitts one where I fell asleep. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really relaxing oh, for fun. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite concert that I have ever been to? Hmm. That is a great question. It's hard I, to think I, when like, I, someone asks you that because right now I feel like I could change my answers every five seconds. You, yeah, I, think I, I don't have that answer for you right now. But the thing is, it should be the one that comes to mind. And I'll give a backstory. A lot of times when I go out with friends, I ask them like, one of my favorite questions to ask people is what's the happiest moment of your life? Because you can watch the like twinkle in their eye as they think about the answer. 
And a lot of times, like, I, I, you see the twinkle in their eye, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, there's a moment in your head right now. It might not be the happiest, but it's the one that came to your mind right now. Give it to me. And they'll be like, oh, it was like, you know, I was seven years old, and, like, my dad picked me up from school, and we went to McDonald's, and I got this, like, little Princess Polly Happy Meal toy, and that was really, made me really happy, and I still have that to this day. And I'm like, that's the fucking most heartfelt story I've heard in a long time. Like, even if it's not the happiest moment in your life, it definitely sure still stuck with you 20 years later, right? right? Okay, I have an answer for you. There we go. See? <laughs> uh, none of them to date because... Okay, this is a twist. Because I have always had an underlying anxiety when I go to a concert because I see the artist up there doing what I want to do. And there's always, every single time I've gone, a little bit of me that feels, fuck, there's no way that I can do that. But, but I will tell you that every show that I go to, it dissipates and dissipates and dissipates. Um, it's and getting closer. Cause, exactly. Because I'm putting in the work and, and I'm doing the work on my own time and, and honing in on my craft. And I can see it. It gets closer. But what you have to realize is, you know, some of these people that you go watch, like I just saw James Bay at History um, a couple weeks back and... That was probably my favorite concert that I've seen to date. Not because it was, you know, the most fun I've ever had or, you know, I had this euphoric moment, but <clears throat> I watched the opener. Fantastic. Can't remember her name, <laughs> but she was really good. And I looked up and I said, I, I, could, I could be there. I could be there. I could I could play my acoustic guitar and sing and I could hold this audience and and I could open for someone like James Bay. Um and so that that to me was like the most enjoyment I've had at a concert in a very long time. Uh because I didn't have that ultra comparison feeling going on. That's such a unique answer. We've asked a lot of people that question. No one's ever kind of gave us that that insight. I just like like it though because it's so real. Yeah. Is is there a part of you that I scripted that actually? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what you guys I don't knew know. They were yeah. gonna ask this question. Yeah. I had this, this one again. Again, get yourself a good publicist. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting over here like shout okay, out bad are, parade. These are like the eight to ten questions they've asked the last eight, <laughs> eight musicians. So yeah. be ready for at least three to five of these. Yeah. She's like, don't worry about listening to the podcast. I got, you. I got you. Here's I the bullet points. Um, yeah. I'll bill you for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> is there any part of you that gets jealous when you see like an opener that you feel that you're equally to, if not more talented than? No, no, no. Jealousy, no. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I've been jealous since I've figured out my own shit in life. Um, when would that be? Uh, 27 years old. Name of the EP. We'll get into that. Maybe, maybe that'll be the nice transition piece. But um, I think the jealousy, jealousy really stems from a place of being dis, in discontent with your own life. Um, it's not about what other people are doing or what you believe that you're worthy of. Um, it's it's really about being in you know you you still got some inner turmoil going on you haven't resolved 
something or you haven't been putting in the fucking time and effort towards something. And that's, that's where I think my jealousy in life stemmed from. Um, and so I can honestly say, do I get that comparison thing going? Fuck yeah, I still do. But it's like from almost a place of like gratitude. It's like, okay, thank you for doing what you do and succeeding. Cause now you're just motivating me to get, get on my grind and, and get to work. Um, it's almost like a push in the right direction. Exactly. Exactly. So when I see somebody that, you know, is perceivably at like a level that I'm at or, or even below, if you want to go there, getting accolades or opening spots or awards that, you know, that I don't have, I don't feel jealous. I honestly don't feel jealous. You get that initial shock where you're like, whoa, really? But then you kind of, you step back and you think about it. It's like, how much work am I putting in behind the camera that nobody ever will fucking know about? What do you think they're doing? They're probably doing just as much work as you are. Don't kid yourself. People, people, if, if they're succeeding and achieving stuff, nine times out of 10, they're doing something. So very, very, very well said. Like it's it, you're a hundred percent bang on. Everybody, it's so. And they say jealousy is the the highest form of flattery, or is that is that the saying? And it's because it's easy to be jealous of someone else, but you didn't see the six a.m. wake up calls they had. You didn't see them putting in work every day, all day long. You didn't see them skipping out on the party. You didn't see them doing all those things that they did behind the scenes that they weren't posting on social media or they weren't bragging to their friends about. It's easy to hate on someone because they're doing better than you or they got something that you wanted and it's mm. easy to be jealous but then there's a hey don't be jealous say, say hey great job you must have done something a little bit better than i was doing i'm gonna get myself back in the studio back in the gym back in the whatever because i want what you have i want that feeling that you have right now excel gum and asmr search excel gum on spotify now and choose one of four asmr audio experiences because everybody needs good study partners. So and here's something interesting that, that I think that a lot of young artists may benefit from is, yes, you have to have like your ultimate dream kind of target. Like say, say I want to be like Adam Levine, Maroon 5 success level. Yeah, keep that in mind, you know, put a you know picture of him shirtless on your vision board or something. Guy's fucking ripped but um what i'd say is <laughs> that yeah, daddy's he, getting nervous yeah, now. yeah she, needs a minute. Nervous. she needs a minute daddy's <laughs> getting hot and flustered here. uh-oh uh-oh there <laughs> we go you gotta rein her in again <laughs> that's 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 the, how many times is that in the last couple now that you've been scolded by him i'm scolded uh, every day, every day <laughs> but what i'm what i'm getting at here is like find those people that are one or two steps ahead of you in the game and and have just achieved what you want like what you think is attainable for you in the next year study them you know you'll get to the adam levine ranks or or whoever eventually but you know to make a million dollars in a year you got to make 50 grand first then you got to make 100 grand 
then you got to make 200. So what I've been doing is I've tried to find people that are like doing what I want to do in like a couple months from now or a year from now and get as fucking close to them and align myself with them, you know, and, and I'm doing that in Toronto now. And it's so exciting because it, number one, you get to make that person feel like a, a little bit of a genius in their own right. And people feel good when when they feel powerful mm -hmm. smart um and when you like kind of look up to them in that sense it, it gives them that that sense of you know of whatever the word is that i can't fucking think of but you know what i'm talking oh, about I and and the more you can kind of surround yourself with those types of people number one you're gonna find okay what kind of people are positive to be around for me and which kind of people are you know, maybe not as great to be around. What do I like in a person? Is it, you know, is it a producer that's intently, you know, watching my vocal take and like moving? Or is it somebody that's like on his phone or his or her, or they phone, um, whatever it is. Um, it's just like little intricacies that I really pay attention to now in, in everybody that I'm working with. What are the little details that, that really make a relationship work. Um, and it's so important in music. You don't have to work with the best songwriter or the best producer or have the best guitar player in your band. You need people that you align with from a creative standpoint and enjoy being around. That's where the magic happens. Do you prefer writing alone or with someone else? With someone else. With someone else. I, I was going to ask the same fucking question. Really? Yeah. I. I Okay. honestly i hate writing alone yeah i just like that's so different for every single artist and i feel like a lot of artists we've talked to in the past too everyone has their own answer their own creative process mm -hmm. and it's so unique to the individual but that's what makes the music so unique so i write alone only for i treat it as like my reps practice um like i, I have songwriting uh exercises i do every day um they're <laughs> they're really they suck like they're like these 10 minute exercises where you have to like link these two ideas with like a like a a linking idea it's it's terrible i don't even want to get into it but <laughs> like that's my practice that i do at the beginning of every day and then i also have I, i'm i've been doing this little other thing where i have to force myself to write and complete a song in one hour so i'm doing that three times a week so you just carve out an hour and you have to finish the song and it's, it, it honestly is torture. I, I hate it. I hate it. Um, but when you go into a co-write with other people, which I love, I love, you know, it, it feels like this. You're opening up, you're talking, um, you know, honestly. But it can feel very competitive. Because if you're not contributing, if you're not pulling your weight, you start to feel like, number one like i suck and number two like these people fucking think i suck and number three these people never want to work with me again well, it's just so easy to get in your head in those situations yes because there's so many people around yeah um i'm gonna bring this into who is like your dream person to collaborate with uh brian adams right now brian adams That's i think is is the, the uh the prince of canadian pop rock and in I mean, that's where I want to get to, right? Is like that that pop rock stature that that Brian Adams had, and uh, so he'd be my ultimate co-writing uh, 
um, personality to uh, to team up with. This is also on that that writing part. When do you feel you write some of the best music? Like, do you think when you're happy, sad, when you just have good vibes with your friends? When I'm with good people. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I've gotten to a point now where I do a lot of things to help eliminate the big mood swings. That was always a that was always my downfall. Was, you know, I was always productive, hardworking, but I didn't do anything to really manage where my emotions were going, where my you know, energy levels were at. You know, it was just push, 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 die, basically. Um, and those, those emotional blowups and those, those complete depletions would, would ruin a fucking week. And you don't have the luxury of that in this game. You don't so, have the luxury of that. It's so crazy that you, like you were saying, like for you, because we've had so many people come on. So even someone we've had on recently mm-hmm. and he writes his best songs when he just got broken up with, which uh, is pretty yeah. awful. Yeah. I literally told the story yesterday. And like, mm-hmm. it's just like, <clears throat> everyone's so different. Oh, and other God. people we've had, like someone was the happiest they've ever been in their life and he couldn't write a song for the life so of him. So that's why, so it's just so different for so That is why people. I do not, that is why I refuse to let emotion get in, get in the way of creativity. Is, is I, it doesn't matter if I'm happy or sad. You show up to the co-writing session or you show up to your songwriting session, you sit down. That's the first part. You show up and you sit down and you don't judge what comes out. It just is. You make something and you're creating something. You can look at it after and say, wow, that was terrible. (laughs) And you know what? As you start to like level up in the songwriting more and more becomes wow that's not gonna cut it but that's because you you, like your filter gets so good like you know what is a song and what's not and i'm still working on on that but i i've had the i've had the really really lucky experience to work with a gentleman who i've worked with some really good musicians and artists this this artist is great He's he's a great songwriter. Um, uh, I don't know if it's appropriate to mention his name. He knows who he is if he's watching this. But um, it just um, it's it's a different level of reverence for the craft. Um, one of the craziest things is like watching him write, and when something comes to his head, his body language is so proud. He's so proud of what he just wrote. But at the same time, he understands that it's not because he's talented or because, you know, he's a special songwriter. It's just because of allowing creativity, having the experience to allow emotion to get out of the way and allow in what the truth is. Because emotion, it can blur the truth. You're, I don't know if you've always been like this, but you're very self-aware. Oh, I definitely have not always been you like are this. Very <laughs> self. I'm like listening to you. I'm like, oh, I could just like sit here and just like keep uh, yeah. talking. Oh god, yeah, we yeah. should. Uh, I wish. Like, keep going. I wish we could have done this when I was like 26 yeah. or 25 years old. You would have been like, who is this idiot and why okay. is he on my? We're gonna couch? bring this in now because you said 26, and I know it's because 27. You said that's when things changed. Yeah. That's the uh, of your new EP. Oh, I got broken up with. Duh. <laughs> 
what else changes a guy in life you You know no you know you know what i was i was in a i was serial dating uh serial dating partners that i probably subconsciously knew were number one no good for me and number two likely just going to be (laughs) short-term flings because I thought that living the chaotic, you know, deranged rock star lifestyle was leading to good things for my creativity. So, and it's the truth. It's the truth. I was addicted to that, that chaos, the highs and the lows. Um, And I'm sure that you guys, you know, have been in a stage in life where that, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fun until it's not, you know what I mean? And, and, and it, stop being fun for me i realized i was the 26 year old that was at a bar where you, you shouldn't be 26 at and, and you know like you know it's just like you, you have to get slapped in the face sometimes i got slapped in the face metaphorically or figuratively uh metaphorically yeah 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 no uh, you know uh, never anything physical yeah. Just checking the no, lines I, get blurred sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, so it was it was a wake up call. But I think that you know, starting to realize that I had like no good habits in life too, really, really was was an, an eye opening thing. Like I've always been into fitness and fashion. Like those are two things I consider part of the job. And from a young age, I was always heavy into fitness, and um, and I thought. Yeah, because I stayed in shape that I was fucking invincible. And then so you're not invincible if you stay in shape? (laughs) The fuck am I working out for every day? Yeah. Well, have you ever seen the guy like that that is like really big into the gym but just has no personality and wonders why he can't get a date? (laughs) Like, well, there you go, right? Like you have to have more than just a appearance in in this world and and to be able to converse to sit down with a stranger for an hour and talk about stuff that actually matters it's hard it's not easy right and uh and that's why you know coming to the realization that number one you got to start looking after yourself and number two you got to stop being a cocky little asshole and actually have conversations with people. You're not better than them. So go get to know people and and kind of really understand what their special talents are. And uh, and that was really the big catalyst to the change was I just call it fucking maturity, but you know. You, you've said so many things that, that and uh, Garrett, I think me and you will become good friends. I feel like I, you, I see eye to eye on a lot of things that you're saying, and it's, it's very rare that I've said that in a while. <laughs> I, have, I don't say it all the time, but I see eye to eye on a lot of things you're okay. saying. And even on the, the most recent two you touched on, like taking care of yourself, I've always been of the, the mentality, you got to take care of yourself. You gotta, and I always, prior to 2017, I always thought that was physical. Yeah, I always yeah. played sports. I always went to the gym. I was always like, I physically, I was always in shape. And then as you get older, you guys, okay, you got to take care of yourself physically, but also mentally because mm-hmm. your mental state is way more important than your physical state. And anyone who disagrees with that is, is out oh, to lunch because your mental state can literally change your physical state. It's ridiculous. It's so, yeah. it's so easy. Then the second thing you said was, what was the second thing you said? The first was take care of yourself. The second was, 
I don't know. Sometimes I even lose myself. What do you say? Fuck. I just, oh, I was on the train of thought here. Listening to people uh, uh, and talking with people. And not, and not being better than other people. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. so true because I, uh, I recently joined a run club. And shout out to Piccolo Run Club. Uh, we had a guest on named uh, Phil Lamb, buddy of mine from high school. And he was telling me about this run club. He's mm. doing this. I was like, sure, I'd love to come out. And at the first run club, I went there. And I'm, I'm about four weeks in now. And the first one I went there, other than Phil, who's a friend of mine from high school, I don't think I would have hung out with any of these people in this room. Mm-hmm. Like just by physically judging people, which is the worst thing you can literally do by mm-hmm. judging a book by its cover. I just, I wouldn't have been friends with these people. I've talked to every single one of them. We all hang out now. We have soup after the run club and we all like get to know each other. You get to talk to them. What do you do? Blah, 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 blah. Like you get to learn more about them and they're people from all different walks of life that I would have never met at a bar. I would have never met on the street. I would have never met on the podcast, whatever it is. And then when you take the time to put your ego aside or put your social status aside or whatever it is and just sit down and get to know someone over a fucking bowl of soup or during a five kilometer run is so amazing. Yeah. And like sometimes you forget, I always, you, I'm so, and maybe it's not just me, maybe there's many people like me where you're so into who you know and what you know and, and these things. Mm-hmm. Like I go with my friends and I like to go to the same bars because I see the same people and I'm, it's familiar to me. I mm-hmm. see the same, you know, you know, you do the King Street Shuffle. For, you're mm. from Toronto. You know, locals from Winnipeg, only, yeah. actually. No, but you're in the city now. Yeah. Right? You get yeah. it. So, like, yeah. locals only the village. Lousy <laughs> yeah. Locals only lousy fair. I do, I do the regular spots that I normally do. Yeah. And then, you know, you see all the same faces. Yeah. And then you go to something completely different. And it's like, well, like, I don't, I've never even seen some of you before. Um, it, it, it truly is amazing. And sometimes it's hard to forget that. And I think this is why I love the Run Club so much. And again, big shout out to the Run Club, Phil. Um, because again, it's one of those moments where you're, you're brought back to real, down to reality. It's like, Hey, step outside of your comfort zone. And I don't mean that like I, I'm a shy person. I'm not no good. Like I step outside of my comfort zone all the time. But in this aspect of my life, when it comes to meeting people, I'm meeting the same types of people all the time. Mm-hmm. So this run club gives me a chance to step outside of my comfort zone, put my metaphorical ego aside, make new friends from different walks of life and mm-hmm. people that I would have normally not been friends with. You learn more about yourself during that process than you ever would think to. Um, it's, it's amazing when you start to open yourself up to different personalities and different circles, you start to realize things about yourself like, whoa, I'm, I didn't realize I was actually like that and that that makes me feel good. Um, and it's funny, I, I'll boil it down to something that's, that's kind of entertaining. I never was a, a Tinder or Hinge guy, Bumble, never. And then when, when I when I got dumped, and then COVID hit, like basically back to back. Um, obviously, it was like, well, you better do something because otherwise, you're just gonna be sitting you're fucking in your, lonely, man. Yeah, you're gonna be lonely, and that's it's you know, when you're uh, when you're a recovering chaos addict, loneliness is not a good place but so i think that one of the the coolest experiences that i had was getting on the dating apps and opening myself up to a world that i thought i was too good for i was like fuck that i can get a girl in person i don't need a dating app well the world said no fuck you (laughs) you can't do that right now (laughs) so so it I think I like, fuck you, you yeah. can't get a girl down with the app, <laughs> yeah, asshole. Yeah, yeah. You're not better than them. Oh man, I, I swear I probably reached out to you know, in the first month, you know, I I I swiped hard and, and I'd said messages. I got no response. 
I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, am I ugly? And, <laughs> and, and I couldn't figure it out, but it goes back to the understanding. How do you connect with people when you have to, when you have to put yourself into a new circle, into a, you know, a setting with strangers, you don't have much option. You either, you sink or swim. You're either going to try and connect and, and it's not going to be there and that's fine. That's better than not trying at all. Or you're going to be the person that's too shy to make a move. And it's so funny you, you know? said this. So I went for dinner with friends on Saturday and a friend of a friend was there who I don't know while I've met him maybe twice and I'm sitting there and like, I'm, I'm so comfortable around people in person. Mm-hmm. I'm completely myself. I am like 100% like an extrovert. And I'm telling him, I was like, yeah, like there's this guy, like I want to like, I need to go out on a date with him. I had met him on Hinge like a couple years ago, asking for advice. Like, what do you mean? Just message him. You can do it. No problem. I said, are you kidding me? Me? Message someone on an app? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I become a whole different person online. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to send a text to like anyone. And I like, it's It's hard. And I had to sit there. Who's the one person you're trying to send a text to? I'm not saying this right now. And then, but I, I. We should shout him out, you know, just so he knows. And. For oh the record, my God. for Why the record, whoever I'm this guy out. is should be texting you. I'm sorry. Uh, call me old fashioned, but if there's attraction, if there's attraction, come on, guys, reach out to the girl. I will say this offline, but it's a longer story than All I'm right. getting off right now. <laughs> okay. But um, it made me realize in that moment because there's so many situations that are even like I even realized last year. Fuck it, I'm having a drink. Um, we were yeah, in Miami. Me too. Me too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vodka. <laughs> Um, but we were in Miami for New Year's and we were going out to somewhere and I feel like in Toronto we go out to the same places every single time. Yeah. Like he said, him more, (laughs) but even like before I even knew Ricky, it was always the same places every single weekend. I knew who was going to be there. I felt a sense of comfort. Mm. We're going to Miami for New Year's. It's not like I haven't gone away and gone out before, but on our way to the venue and it's such a long Uber too. And I was just like, I feel so anxious right now. I just need to get Mm. there and like understand my surroundings okay. and I had never felt that feeling before and I've been feeling it more and more when I go to new places because I don't know and it's so I feel like mm. every single time I'm putting myself in that situation I'm learning more about myself because I just thought it was like I didn't care I'll do whatever was it like a feeling like you weren't safe I was in, in control oh interesting so yeah so you're a control freak I didn't think I was but oh, you learning. never know <laughs> yeah maybe I am yeah okay yeah. well interesting you learn something new every day and how do you combat that? I'm trying to put myself in those situations more than others. I like it. I like it. Even like when I go out like with my cousins and I go out with their friends, I'm trying to put myself more in those situations. Cheers, friends. That is, that is such a good... I love Cheers. that, Danielle, because... Mm. Did you put any water in this? Or? Vodka soda. <laughs> <laughs> so it might be a little stiff. Well, it's like that drink that uh, your last yeah, guest. <laughs> New Hope Club. We can't, we can't bring do, that Do up. you know what? When it, but bringing it to that idea, I think shooting your shot or not being scared or not being nervous to approach people, whether it's romantically, whether it's business related, whether it's just trying to meet new friends, we always get in our head that like people are going to be like, what do they think about Yeah, me? yeah. I read a stat somewhere once, or maybe it was a story someone told me, but 99% of the people will never remember that encounter. Like majority of people really don't, (laughs) don't, but majority of people don't really care. You care more. The person you see in the mirror cares more than anybody else. So like we beat ourselves up. I'm the type, I can walk up to a group of people without a 
shot in the dark. Like, I, I don't even care. Mm. The worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to get, you know, bullied in their group chat that I'll yeah. never see. Literally, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Like, my, when we go out, my buddy's like, oh, let's go talk to those girls. I'm like, sure, let's go. Mm. Like, what do you guys say? Well, I don't know. Just walk up and smile and say, hello, my name's Ricky. What's your name? Hey, mm. can I buy you a drink? Hey, do you, uh, you guys from here? No? Cool. Great. I am. What are you guys, what are you guys doing here? Like, it literally yeah. doesn't matter because worst case scenario, they say, I have a boyfriend. Cool. No big deal. Mm. If it's business, hey, you know what? Cool. It's not, this business isn't for us. I like, appreciate you trying. Yeah, yeah. You know, you tried to get a sale. You missed. Cool. No big deal. Or maybe it's with friends. Like, hey, you know what? We're not, we're not friends. Like, it's just, you're not the type of person. I want. Cool. No big deal. Literally, there's nothing wrong with shooting your shot. No. Worst case that happens is they say no. And every no you get, you're one no closer to a yes. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm like a strong, strong believer of that, that even if it doesn't work, you have nothing to lose. And like, even with, uh, I'm single, I'm a single guy and mm. I do single TikToks. And when you were talking about earlier, I'm like, fuck a lot. Well, I, might, I, I, sh- I might, I, I love, I love dating advice. So I'm going to follow. Well, I don't know follow. if this is don't dating follow. advice. Oh, no? I don't know if this is dating Well, no, follow oh. for but, sport, um, but no, my, uh, I got a girlfriend and I just, I like being a better boyfriend all the time. Yeah. So. No, no, well, is, I'll give yeah. you good date ideas that I can do. I have a lot of good date ideas, but mm. even when it comes to dating, I'm always like, I'm of the mindset that get to meet people. If it works out and like I go on a lot of friend like outings mm. where it's not a date, but it's like, you know, two people that might be physically attracted to each other with the hopes of getting to know each other. Oh, oh your rice is ready. No, the fridge for the drinks. <laughs> Do you mind? Thank you. So I, I go on cause I love meeting people. I love mm. getting to know new people cause no two people are the same. And if it works out romantically, great. If it yeah. doesn't, at least you made a new friend. And if it turns out you guys don't vibe at all, at least you know what you don't vibe with. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like That's I'm, a big thing. I, I stopped dating as much recently, but I think in 2024, I'm going to start... In 2023, I dated way less than I did in 2022. Yeah, but like the past month, I feel like it's... Really? Definitely picked up. You've been I mean, on like three dates. Like, I don't want to like sell you out right now, but you've been on like a couple dates in the past week. So Ricky's dating two. advice is working. He's yeah. actually just taking his own advice for yeah. once. Yeah, I'm. Uh, anyways, this isn't about me. This is about you. <laughs> Bring it back, like the 27. Album, let's talk about music. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about your EP. <laughs> or do you want to talk about dating? <laughs> this is pretty oh, funny no. too. No, no, hey, we'll, before I, 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 where's where's a great place to? I need a dinner. I need a dinner. What's recommendation the vibe? Friday. Is it like an what anniversary? Is it a drinking oh. dinner? Is it a no, food dinner? No, no just taking night of the week taking the girl it? out Friday. Friday's prime time. She's got a big photo shoot on Friday, and, uh, and so it's like a celebratory dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> you supposed to say it. Is it? Someone told me Sarah. It's, it's called Sarah. Sarah. Sarah? I, I have Sarah. seen her. Yeah. Sarah. <laughs> How's that Richmond? That's like Richmond. Uh, that's Portland. Uh, it's at Portland and King. Station? Richmond Station. I haven't yeah. been, but I How's heard it's one? really, really good. Okay, I might try that one. I out. heard Richmond Station's really good. Um, and then go to Melrose for drinks after. Ooh. Okay. Melrose is my go-to. Okay, this podcast better come out after Friday because otherwise, oh yeah, it you're is, good. It yeah, is, you're fine. You're you're fine. Perfect. Um, <laughs> no, but definitely, there's so many good date night spots in Toronto. And now I follow yeah. a lot of people on TikTok that give us like really or gives me a really good, good Christmas ideas. activity. I just went to the yurt at the well. Oh, really cute for drinks. I sent this to you yeah. today. It's like we walk in, it feels like it's like a little. It's literally a yurt. The well is in Liberty Village, right? No, no, no at Wellington, it's right, right here. And mm-hmm. Spadina's a new. They have like a Christmas things going on. Mm. But they literally have a yurt just in the middle of like, oh, like the hallway, and it's uh, done by bar chef. Oh, but like okay. really, really cute inside. It's mostly people on dates, and then it was me and my friends. But really good drinks too. Wait, it's how, just cute. 
how long ago did you come here from Winnipeg? Uh, I came here kind of mid-March, so... Oh, so you're fresh, fresh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't know anything then. Yeah. Holy crap. Well, I, I didn't even way know... way more records now. I wow. didn't even know you couldn't go east on the Gardener. Like, <laughs> like, I was trying to get well, so on the like Gardener. Liberty from, Village? Yeah, yeah. How do you like Liberty Village? Um... I, I loved it when I first moved to Toronto because I had everything within like five seconds it's a of cult. me. Yeah, but like, I'm like now I'm like, all right, <laughs> you know, I yeah, it was just around, fun for a bit. I joke around with like a massive like university campus. Yeah, because like yeah. everything's there that you need. You don't technically ever have to leave that area. Like, yeah. there's a couple restaurants, bars. There's sporting. There's everything you. It's like need. being the 26 year old at the bar that you shouldn't be there because there's <laughs> only 18 year olds there. <laughs> no, but there's um, for Toronto there's a lot of really good spots. Like even afterwards, I'll pu- I'll put you. I'll, no, I'll... go to Astoria. Mm. I've been there. Yeah. It's great. I love Astoria. That, that was my hinge go to. Oh, okay, never. <laughs> that or bar poet. Sometimes back to back. Do you know what's so funny? <laughs> I, said, I just walk across stop, the street. Stop. I said bar oh, poets a great. People. I said bar poets a great date night spot, and people yeah. looked at me like I was crazy. I looked at you what? like you're crazy. We talked about the podcast. I love bar poet. I've only yeah. been there with friends. So like I personally cannot see it, but yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe you. Suck Have you been to dating. prequel? I haven't prequel, been there yet, prequel, but I heard it's really good. Prequel is great. It's very expensive, though. Yeah, but yeah. any any spot any, where you yeah. get a specialty cocktail, oh, that you know man. what to expect. Like, I got absolutely I was there hosed last week that too. mother cocktail. Another good spot. <laughs> Another good spot. Like, we had like two drinks each, and like get the bill. It's like 150 bucks. bucks. And yeah. I was like, oh. I went to... Um, <laughs> for a sip. Not yeah. coming back here next um, time. Bar Banan. On Ossington. That's another yeah. good one. I was there recently, too. I went to gift shop, finally, on Ossington, the little speakeasy. Mm. Yeah. I don't overrate in it to the, me. Is that the barbershop? Yeah. 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 Uh, so the back of... I was so excited to get in. I was like, oh, my God, it's finally... I, I can get in. There's space. The back of Sweaty Betty's. Is that... So that back fun. patio is so I just awesome. went for the first time, yeah. I guess, in the summer, and I absolutely love it. Every yeah. single time I go, I'm like, hey, this is like... So chill, but a vibe. Yeah. We would have fun. Have either of you guys been to Barboa yet? No, no, but I heard that I that heard place is wild. Too. I can't get in. I want to say like, there's been at least six or seven times in the last three months I've tried to book a rezzo and I yeah. couldn't. And then there was one night I had a rezzo mm. and I just like, I booked it like two weeks in advance on a random day. Yeah. And then the day came and I'm like, oh my God, I have this rezzo. And I messaged a girl and she was busy and I'm like, do I take the backup girl now? Because it's kind of <laughs> awkward. Like. So maybe I just don't go. So I canceled the one time I had the rezzo there. Oh, really? I was so sad. You, okay, so you, so you, d- you lost it for a girl. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come what on. Do you, do? You, you, asked, you asked, you asked, like it, it's, it's not right to the next girl to take her because she was clearly plan B. You know what I mean? I don't think that's right. I just, the vibe, it changes the whole vibe. It's like, I'd obviously rather be here with someone else. So we need to start a group chat and first one to get into Bar Bowie. Like we'll send we'll send I mean, pictures. I've, I've stood outside there twice in the last like two months. Oh, Literally stood outside. Like how can I knock it in? Okay, I've never tried, so I can't even. I'm all for two. It's embarrassing. Okay, I'll try. I'll go this weekend. Yeah, you should go this weekend. Maybe break your other foot. That's right. You could walk around with like a little like. You know what? Well, you should you get in. a maybe, crutch. Maybe it's they... a good talking point. No, you know what? I have a She's I have a boot right actually oh. coming in tonight. The hospital ran out of boots. So they um, made me order my own. How did you sprain your ankle? I was way? line dancing and I'm just like my foot hit the ground the wrong way. Oh. 
and it just literally twisted and I jumped back up and I, I just like hate ruining other people's nights. Mm. So I tried walking it off and then uh, looked at my friend. I said, yeah, no, no. Went home. Well, I went to her place. She's like, can we order food? And I just started crying. Then I went to bed and I woke up, thought it was going to be okay. Hopped over to her room, shooting pain. And then I was like, yep, yeah, no, it's not okay. So yeah, now it's just swollen and gross, but. Once I get the boot, I should be off the crutches. Let's see it. I'll Let's show you after. <laughs> no, 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 like, like I want to see it right now. No, 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 I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed because I went to get my nails done on Saturday. And she's like, oh, do you want a pedicure? I was like, oh, no, I'll go next week. Mm-hmm. Wow, so you're going to have a pedicure. You got a really ugly So right bad. Now. And oh. then I had also self-tanned. And those come off the socks. And I was wearing cowboy boots. So like kind of like sweated off a bit more. So I'm at the hospital. And she's like, is that a bruise or... I said, no, that's my self-tan. Like, <laughs> that it was so... Like, yeah, it was so funny, but yeah. Okay, Anyways. let's reel it back in. I want to talk about music. I want to talk... Yeah, we're at the 50... We're, at, we're past the 50-minute mark. Okay, yeah. let's go. 2070p. I don't want to say tell me about it. But, but tell, tell us me about, about it. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I basically told you everything that, that went into that album. Like, it was... it it. I'd say that the EP... <sighs> wrapped up in a bow it's kind of like an apology letter to my parents for just years of chaos unregrettable chaos um but i think there were times that i worried them and um and that didn't make me feel good and i think that made me dive deeper into everything that i was doing um it was it was kind of an it was egotistical to the sense that I thought my situation was far worse than everybody else had it, um, and I think that when we get into those, you know, whether you want to put a label on it, depression um, or anxiety or simply just a really bad fucking season, uh, we tend to think like there's nobody that would understand this because our situation is worse than anybody could imagine. Um, and it was really written out of all of my behaviors that were taking place during that period of my life. So question, you're clearly it's about like kind of some like the chaos and like the lows at that time. Mm -hmm. But then we also talked about your writing process and about how you like going into the writing process. That's such a neutral kind of state. Mm hmm did you write this at the neutral state or like a better place? Yes. And then you just use those emotions in the past. Yes. It's autobiographical. It was, yeah, it was written after the fact. So I think that, um, if you look back at a lot of my earlier work, um, and then a lot of the stuff that precursed that, that was never released, um, you, you see kind of that emotionality and, and those, that, that erraticness to it. Um, these songs have all been written now that I've kind of gotten perspective on it and they've all kind of been written from the standpoint of like, okay, I was feeling a certain way, but we can't accept that as what's going to be the norm. Um, and then the, the final single from the EP also called 27 was just kind of tying that all together and learning that you kind of had to let your belief of who you are die 
to an extent to become somebody different. Um, and so it kind of draws on parallels to the 27 club. I felt like I died at 27 and had to learn how to live again. Um, I used to yeah. be obsessed as a kid with like learning about the 27 club and like diving deep. I just thought it was so fascinating. Like, does, you, do, you don't? No, nah, I always thought it was like horoscopes. Like there's so many people that probably died at 49 too, right? Mm. So many people have probably died yeah, at 35, it's just like, right? There's so many. It's like how everyone, like all those celebrities, died too at the Hilton in Beverly Hills. Like there's like it's like a common. It's there's like, synchronicities all through life. There's just so many. You can find like, so many people that probably died in their car too if we really looked for it. Like, I know, you know, I know, but I just think it's like a very fascinating. Tupac, Princess Diana. Mm. Like, are we gonna call this the Car Club? Like, okay, but there are conspiracies. But that, like, again, yeah, it's what's the thing? If you look for it, you'll see it. Um, yeah. It's a theory. Reticular. Well, it's your reticular activation system. Is it's it? like. Do uh, you even know what that means? <laughs> no. I, I, yeah, it's like say blue Toyota, and then you'll see blue yeah. Toyota. Yeah, okay, like those yeah. things on TikTok where they can. Okay, I want you to think of three words. Okay, for myself, you're thinking of the blue elephant. You're like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? How'd you get that? Like. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I can't think of the term for it either, but I know exactly what but you're I, talking I, about. Do you know what you're saying? How like the word like um you're kind of going through some shit, whether it's depression, anxiety, and you feel that nobody can. Nobody, like, you feel like you're having it worse than everybody else. Mm. When I when I went through my my shit, it was so funny because I was the opposite. I was just like, not that nobody can, no one's gonna feel what I feel. I'm like, nobody could understand what I'm feeling because everyone thinks my life is so amazing, and like, yeah. I think my life is amazing mm. too. And like on the outside looking in, I've got my shit, I've got everything I you need for a good life. You know, mm -hmm. got a good family, I'm you know fairly attractive like i've got a good god good job i have money like it's true it's no but true. like think think about the things that make You're that people wish for guy. You, you think about like if you get a genie and you, you ask for more things okay you wish for money looks girls what, what do you what do you wish for you got money looks girls good family friends people that love you all the shit that i already had meanwhile i was like in the darkest of my days like jealous of like homeless people because they had no responsibilities and like people they had no one to answer to and they could just sleep on the side of the road all day long it's, and no one would bother them right like it, it amplifies the problem oh, yeah it, it, it's you know i i hear exactly what you're saying you you feel this like shame you feel like you're being a spoiled little brat yeah because it's like i have this i have a very good life that you know either my parents or whoever it was have raised me into and now i feel like i'd rather just push this all aside, press A, B, A, B, and just eject myself. And yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a scary cycle to be in. And when you're talking about being jealous of homeless people, you know, I think a, a very common thought for people with depression is hoping that they get sick and that they don't have to make an excuse for, for um, you yeah, know, no, something no. other than that. But it's, it's real. Like, it's... It, um, when you don't have the tool set or the or the experience or just the the circle to talk to um it, it's hard to find an instrument to get out of that circle and i i really think that personally i really think talking to a therapist should be a tool in your toolkit um should be the number one. It should be your number one. Yeah. There's, you know, there's, they'll, there's different opinions on that, but here's why I say that. It's great to have a family or friends that can support you, but they are not trained to be able to 
talk to you or provide advice that's going to necessarily help you. Or ask the questions that'll make you think about things differently. I, I, I yeah. feel like a lot of people have a hard time with that too because they're like, oh, like they keep asking me the same questions. They keep asking them. Like, it's mm-hmm. Maybe because you're there's not getting... There's a reason why they're doing that. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of the times <coughs> when people are going through things, you don't know how to help. Them. You just try to be there for them. But like me personally, I don't know how yeah, to help. Don't. I, I try my best to be there for the people around me, but I physically do not know how to help them. Even if like, like I needed to talk to someone like mm. I know my sister wouldn't be able to help me because we have that different kind of relationship. So also having that like third party who is professionally trained in that. It the, just kind of gives that that's outside the, perspective. That's too. the key word. They are professionals. Yeah, you're, you're, t- and I've said it. Like I, I've, for a reason. I've been so open about therapy my whole, lo- not my whole life since I battled because I didn't understand what mental health like. I, depression mm-hmm. didn't exist to me until I battled. I'm like, how can that? It doesn't exist. It's just in your head. That mm-hmm. was like how I was until it hit me, and I went to therapy right away. And I went to therapy for two years basically, and I think that's the reason why I'm where I am now, and I'm the happiest wow. I've ever been. And I think that's why I got out of that stage of my life as quickly as I did is because I talked to a trained professional. Mm. If your teeth hurt, what do you do? You go to the dentist. Your muscles hurt, you go to a massage therapist. Your bones hurt, you go to a Cairo. If something hurts and your mind is not on fucking right, then go see somebody. Mm. Even if you think your mind is right, but life just isn't going in the direction that it should be going as fast as it should be going. Nip it in the butt. Go, and just go see someone. Yeah, most people don't butt. realize most most work benefits cover up to 500 bucks. That's like an, in Ontario at least. Um, most work benefits cover up to 500 bucks. If your work doesn't, there are social uh, social workers who are also trained professionals. They might not mm-hmm. be, you know, uh, psychotherapists or, you know, therapists, but they are almost as good. And I'm not mm-hmm. shitting on them because I saw a social worker too. Um, the wait time is a little bit longer, which is very unfortunate because of the status of Ontario, and that's a completely separate discussion. Um, but go see somebody. It's literally life, a fucking life changing. You know what actually just passed? Uh, there's not going to be any GST, HST anymore on psychotherapists in Ontario. Yeah, there shouldn't be. Just to kind of lower the cost. Well, it is expensive. To oh, make it, the, that's a huge thing. Yeah. A, it's a big thing. My therapist is 160 bucks an hour now. When I yeah. started, it was on 100, mm-hmm. and then year two she went up to like 120. Now she's 160. Yeah. Like, I get it. But. So it is a commitment. But, I mean... What's a dentist cost? Yeah. What's a dentist cost every time you go? It's 150 bucks at least. I swear more. I feel like every time yeah. I go, I pay 500 bucks. It's, yeah. it's, it's a commitment. It's a commitment no. that I've made, and, and it sounds like you've made, Ricky. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it, there is no better lessons that you can learn about yourself than talking with somebody else that is trained to listen and allow you to go to these different places. And and there's, I've said this, you know those days, let's say for example for you, you walk out of a good studio session, you feel like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. Danny, when you used to dance, you walked out of a choreo that you absolutely nailed. There are very few better feelings than walking out of a good fucking therapist section, Mm -hmm. feeling like a million bucks, feeling like, wow, I just conquered the world today. Yeah. Like, oh my and I, I'm big into fit. Like, me having a great work and feel like walking out of the gym feeling like I look like a million bucks doesn't even compare to I'd have some sessions that were terrible and I felt like I walked out I'm like I just want to go to bed right now and just like not just not deal with the world and there were other days I was just like I could literally conquer the fucking world right now I think even the days that you walk out where you're just at least back to baseline those were the biggest victories for me is like okay I think I can actually go to work now and I think that I can get through this week. And um, I know that there's there's so many people out there that are just 
it's it's they're holding it under the surface and incredibly strong people but to be able to have that release of everything that you're holding under the surface it just makes you show up better and you're not going to run into that fucking wall you know if you if you're able to have a safe outlet for it get that out and and then actually the biggest component is creating a plan to now okay we realize this is what happens when you get like this or whatever what do we need to install in our daily routine that's going to help us adjust for this or that's going to help alleviate you know those feelings of anxiety or those feelings of depression well, and it's like we we know life is these highs and lows these roller coasters but it's about okay when when you're at your highs enjoy them and appreciate them but when you're at your lows okay how do we get back up to the middle or high and yeah when you're at your darkest of your days and you're at your you know out of 10 you're at your ones or your twos yeah. you don't care about the nines and tens you just want to mm-hmm. get back to five yeah and then when you get to the fives you're like okay i want to i want to get to those sevens and eights and then i want to get to those nines and tens and then when you get to those nines and tens and life seems good and you have that three or four day, you're like, it's okay because, hey, this two shall pass. I know tomorrow mm-hmm. will be a five and I'll get back. And then, do you know what? I remember my first five out of a 10 day, like after I was at my like ones and twos, I remember my first five and I was so mm-hmm. happy. And I was telling you, it was my therapist and my mom and I was just like, I had such an amazing day. She's like, what made it so day? I'm like, nothing bad happened. <laughs> She's like, is that really an amazing day? I was like, to me, that five feels like a fucking ten right now. Yeah. Just because I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a five in months. Mm-hmm. This five feels like it's the best day ever. Meanwhile, it was a day that nothing went wrong. Yeah. And now that you know, I'm a, a very optimistic guy now. At the time, I wasn't. But even now, I have a day that's a five. I'm just like, that was a fucking great day. Wow. Nothing yeah. bad happened. Nobody died. I didn't lose my job. Got to do. I got the podcast. I got great friends. I got to meet new people. Like. It's a great fucking day. Yeah. It's not like it's yeah. anything special, but it's a great day because I got to do the things I love with people I care about. And I, again, you got a good family, you got a job, you got all the, the pillars of your life that you need that support you. So um, I think it's also about like that. And that's something that therapy teaches you how to look your outlook on life. And it's so easy to like see these things on TikTok or these memes or, you know, you read these inspirational quotes. It's like, yeah, it's don't get me wrong. It's good. My five minute journals got inspirational quotes and every morning I read them and mm. I'm, I'm happy I read them, but it doesn't compare to therapy. So, just touching on what you're talking about, kind of shrinking the parameters, you know, trying to live inside that, that five to eight bubble. Um, you know, when you're, when you're a a high achiever, like obviously, you know, I can tell that you both are, you know, you work hard, you, you, you're doing something that's taking a risk, running a podcast and you're doing very well with it. Um, when you're a high achiever, you're always chasing after those 10 experiences and, I'm sure that you've been lucky enough both to get those and to have those. And for me, I got a lot of 10 experiences playing music early on. You know, we opened up for Burton Cummings. I sang the national anthem at NHL games. And, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, like this is, this is the norm here. And then you go to family dinner on Sunday and you're hanging out with your family and, you know, you're watching TV And you're like, this is fucking boring. I look back now and I go, this is, this is, this is where I needed to get to in life to realize that those moments where you're just spending time with people that you love need to be the most important moments, even if they are, you know, on the, on the excitement scale, only a four or a five, 
you need to be able to sit in those moments and enjoy how precious those are. So, and I think COVID also taught us, at least for me personally, that's probably the thing that COVID taught me the most is that at the beginning I was losing my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm like, again, like Danny, extrovert, extrovert. I'm, I'm literally never home. I'm always doing something seven nights a week. I'm out and about doing something Mm -hmm. and then get told, Hey, you just got back from Scottsdale and Vegas on a 10 day bender. Now lock yourself in a home for 14 days with yeah. nobody but your, you know, parents who are 60 plus. Okay, well, what the fuck am I going to do for what I thought was going to be only two weeks? And then you look back and like you see the pictures and all the stupid TikToks you make and all the banana mm-hmm. breads and Tiger King and, you know, murder doc mystery yeah. series that we watch. <laughs> all the all, memories yeah, you're bringing all the back stuff. Now. And you look back, you're like, yeah. man, like, fuck, I wish I could go back to the little two-week shutdown here. That'd be nice. Two-week? Right yeah. You were like a two-week shutdown at home with your family, just doing nothing. No, the world, saying, the world COVID was longer than two weeks. I know, but like, remember at the beginning, that was only supposed to be two weeks. The first two weeks, I was by myself. I consider COVID one of the most, uh, you know, as, as tragic as it was and devastating as it was. Um, it was it was definitely for me um, the biggest renegotiation of my relationships with my friends and family, mm-hmm. and it taught me how to to figure out how to be you know an adult that has a healthy relationship with his parents and his friends, and that doesn't just kind of see them as parents anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that parents can be a little bit of a security blanket sometimes in our eyes. Um, I, I had to turn that around pretty quickly and realize, Hey, you know, they, they need this as much as I do. I actually saw something somewhere recently and it was like, people are so hard on their parents for so many things in life, Mm -hmm. but they're actually going through life first too. Mm -hmm. They're going through the age of 40, 50 first, 60 and all the different changes in their life. So there's so many things where you can have so many disagreements with them and have so many issues, but they're living their life for the first time ever too. Yeah. They may have been there longer, but they're still going through some first as well. So it's like always like having to like remind myself that. Well, I, I always, I look at my, my parents and they're so good at living their life within that, you know, never too high, never too low. And they've both done great things. My mom was uh, Royal Winnipeg ballet traveled everywhere in the globe performed as a ballerina and my dad was a winnipeg blue bomber won the gray cup with them so they've they've been to the top of of their craft as well um but they just seem to anybody that's in their company it doesn't have to be you know a crazy experience or anything but they make them feel like that experience is a 10 for them um so it's just, it's, it's cool to watch. Okay, I'm going to go really off topic right now because you just said something. Both your parents are very athletic. Yes. You are a creative. Yes. What? I guess dance is both athletic and creative. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I don't know. kind of where was like, I'm not saying there's a disconnect. I think but the mailman must have been a great singer, but. <laughs> 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 no um yeah, yeah but you we know don't I mean. know did you play sports i did yeah i was i was so in a previous life i was actually a competitive golfer i went to uvic Shut up. yeah i played golf at uvic blew your, out my what's your wrist handicap? uh i'm probably i'm probably a one or a two Fuck, now you're legit well, obviously yeah i can still play plays. i can still play 
That's legit. That's really yeah. good. Rick, you go and drink beers. Like, Dang, like my, my brother loves golf and like golf's a lot. And like my brother and George are like not even tens. They're maybe tens, maybe. Okay. I would say John's more than like okay, yeah, but no no, no like that's legit. At yeah. a young no, age, I, like when you're playing in school too, like you have to actually be good. Yeah, I was. I, I could. I could get it around at a time. I don't play at all, pretty much anymore. I play like once or twice a month max. But uh, like, like twice. Where he a plays year. like <laughs> twice or three <laughs> like times a year, year. compared to like once or twice yeah. a day back in back in and my. I, and my I don't even finish day. like eighteen. Yeah. But yeah, so I uh, I actually blew my wrist out first year of university. Or else you would have been pro, right? <laughs> no, no, okay. no, no. I wouldn't have. Then, and that's great because I it I had to like basically take six eight months off from golf while I was getting surgery, recovering, and like it made me think like, okay, is this something you really want to keep doing? Because like you fucking suck compared to everybody else on the team. <laughs> like they're way better than you. So. Uh, so yeah, that's literally how I got into music. Cause I didn't go back to you, Vic. I was like, kind of just lost for a little bit. Like didn't even go back to university for the year was just like working at, uh, I was bartending at the keg and, and just like having a so time, Winnipeg? having a picture you yeah. like downtown yeah. Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've Bro, been there a couple age, times. Middle-aged women must have loved you. <laughs> like the only restaurant I knew in Winnipeg. <laughs> no, oh. I loved middle-aged women. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They, yeah. yeah. And I think that they loved that I loved them, but <laughs> anyways, that's neither here nor there, but, uh, yeah. So that's for the podcast of... after dark. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's for the uh um, the, the vent uh what's the what is what is that's the, the one? podcast the Patreon only, the Patreon yeah. page. It's the one where we only talk about sex, drugs and yeah politics. Oh god, that's a two hour app yeah. that's a two hour two hour episode for me. Um but yeah, so I was just kinda having fun bartending at the keg. Um but we were going to see live music a lot, uh, my buddies and I, and we stumbled upon this great duo. Uh, called Grant and Nazim. They would play every Wednesday night at Earl's in Winnipeg. And we would Been be there. Been there too. Yeah. The only two restaurants in Winnipeg. So we were <laughs> religious about going there. Every single Wednesday night, my buddies would meet me at the keg. I'd bartend. They wouldn't pay their tab. Don't tell my boss that, <laughs> her former boss. But And then we'd go to Earl's after. And every single week, my friend would say, hey, you guys should get my buddy Garrett up. He can sing. And they'd be like, no, no, sorry. We, we don't have guests. We, we don't do that. So one night we're drinking. We're, we're having a few more than usual. And my buddy's like, guys, you have to get my buddy Garrett up. And they're like, no. So he walks up in the middle of the set with a cocktail napkin, slaps it down on the bassist amp, and it says, get Garrett up on the napkin. <laughs> so they're like, okay, like we'll give this kid a shot. So they call me up. I play the world's drunkest rendition of Friends in Low Places. I don't even know how, but for some reason, people thought it was charming. So every week we went back, they would ask me up, and I'd, I'd play a new song. And all of a sudden, I was like, shit, I could actually practice and be on. I can't just go up and be like, you know, drunk fun guy on the mic. Like, you actually have to take this seriously. So... What I do is every week I'd learn a new song, practice it all week, and then I'd, I'd like drive my buddies to Earl's. I wouldn't purposely would not have any drinks until I played so that I like could like fucking kill this song. And every single week I'd do that and it would get better and better. And then finally, Nazim, who was the bassist, was like, you know what? 
I'd love to do a gig with you sometime. That turned into 15 years of playing with him in Winnipeg. We won Winnipeg's number one entertainers of the year, opened up for Burton Cummings, um, you name it. We did it all. That is like, and that's how it started. That's a movie. That's a good story. That's that is such great a cool story. story. How did we wait till the end of the podcast to figure this out? I was just going to say, like, it's been an hour and 20 minutes now. And the fact that we just asked this right now, like, it's just We didn't even ask it. That was really good foreplay, guys. That was really good foreplay. You're you're a good guest. Look, you got to tell that story with us without asking. You pivoted a handful of times throughout the week, which was great. You did the the sponsor shout out, which is not expected, but a nice touch. (laughs) Like, Hardbite will like that. No, you're a great. Oh, but before we do it, because uh, this is kind of where we start to wrap up. I want to ask what um, what's 2024 look like for you? What's on the horizon? 2024 looks really exciting. Um, contrary to what you might think, it's actually my plan is to scale back a little bit in terms of releasing music right away. What I really want to focus on is is putting together just a great foundation, starting with social media. You know, building up the TikTok, building up the Instagram, because I love doing that shit, but I'm not good at it yet. I need to, I, I need more reps and I need, you know, Ask Ricky for help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd love, uh, well, hey, now that I know that you're big into that, I definitely will. Yeah. I'm, um, I've got my niche figured out. But, uh, but building up, building up the fan base, um, as well as in Toronto on the grounds and just building up the community because I've got a couple songs like ready to go that I'm so fucking excited about. And I, I, I trust me, I just want to blow my load right now and get them out. But, <laughs> but I just really believe that building up a little bit of foundation, a little bit of momentum first, and then dropping these is going to be, that's going to lead to like more substantial, momentum and then you just you keep building on that but 2024 is definitely the first half of the year is going to be something i've never done um in the last couple of years and 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 just press pause on the releases a little bit build up stuff that 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 can really get out to audiences that don't know me yet um and then i do really expect the live show to to really come to life in toronto that's the most exciting for me you're on your encore song in Toronto, what would it be? Oh, it'd be one of mine. It'd be Floodgates. Floodgates? Uh, yeah, that's um, uh, a very... It's it's probably my favorite song of mine and um, and one that really... that really has, you know, reached the biggest audience. Um, and, and I think that it, you know, it'd be very tough for me to move off from that one, from being an encore. And... I also have an unspoken rule to myself that any show I play, regardless of its, if it's a cover show, if it's a fucking wedding, if it's somebody's birthday, <laughs> I'm always playing an original song for an encore. Love that. Love that. I'm going to ask this right before we uh, wrap this up, but your dream uh, venue to play at. I didn't ask that yet. We have not, this is our favorite question. We haven't asked you, so. So. Um, <sighs> Dream venue, it could be. You can say like Red Rocks is 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 my dream. That's our favorite answer. (laughs) But 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 my dream right now that I know is is tangible is is opening up for either Nickelback or or another Canadian pop rock act at Budweiser Stage. Okay, that's amazing. That'd be a good one. 
Yeah. That, you know what? We're going to manifest this for you. Yeah, because, we're going to manifest uh, this for you. Okay, we're going to come watch it. you there. Yes, yes. And then um, before before we do wrap up, I'm going to give you one piece of advice from all Torontonians. Okay. You got to lose the T at the end of Toronto. I've heard that from so many have people. have to lose it. Toronto. You didn't notice it? Toronto. No, you noticed? Yeah, Toronto. okay. Oh, yeah, Toronto. Yeah. It's like how I say my last name on voicemail. Calls voicemail. He goes, "Hi, you've reached Ricky Liorti," and I'm like, I laugh every so, single time. Because it's Ricky Liorti. Liorti. It's yeah. like Liorti. But it's technically on paper, it's a T, not a D. Okay. So it's just like Toronto. Nobody says the second T. It mm. doesn't exist. Just drop it. Toronto. Perfect. I might just. I might Toronto. Go I might go against the grid. Toronto. Toronto. Be unique. You know what? Be no, yourself. Don't yeah. no, listen to Ricky. That's yeah. uh, a tough one. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to be playing Bud Stage calling it Toronto. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even noticed. Oh, man. You're from Richmond Hill. You're from Kleinberg. Uh, 416. I grew up in 416. Sorry. I have a 416 number. Yeah. Anyways. Um, If people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, your music, your shows, where can they go? How can they find you? Yeah, on all socials. It's Garrett Nealis. Uh, Instagram's GarrettNealis.music. TikTok, Garrett Nealis. Um, love it. If Join the community. Reach out. Send me a DM. Say, say that you heard uh, the Pals podcast. And uh, I'd love to, like, if you do have anything that you you know thought was interesting hey i'm open to chat i'm still at that level uh, where i will fucking answer your dms you know don't don't that. worry i don't i don't have that kind You're of not ego. Big anybody yeah yeah it's it's fun for me you know when when people say like hey like you know I saw your music video like this is this is pretty awesome i really like that it's like okay awesome welcome you know welcome to the community you know if you live in toronto send me a dm we'll have a beer at a show we'll hang out i love that I love that. And I do think we're going to become good friends. We'll do, well, I'm going to come to more of your shows. Yes. Well, I think when you're yes. talking, like, I, I'm, I'm aligned with basically everything you were saying. And I, I don't say this too often. I do see, I, I do think you're going to do very well for yourself in this industry. You just, Thank you. you have the attitude, you have the pers personality. Thank you. Um, I haven't seen you play live, but if it's anything, it's because you are here. I'm sure you, you're going to do great live too. So um, I appreciate that. I have that. one question. Were you nervous? Uh, for the podcast, it. like now that you like it. had the podcast, I just feel like you were very like you seem comfortable. I, very I, comfortable. Yeah, I, I wasn't nervous. You yeah. killed no. it. You I think that it. let's uh, backtrack everything you say at the beginning. Yeah, Everyone just like fast forward five it. minutes. Killed it. You so so she uh, Danielle asked me uh, before the show if I get nervous b before I play. Right? No, yes, it was like one of the first questions. Yeah. Was that during the episode? That was during oh, right. the episode. So that's why yeah. I brought it back full okay. circle. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. killed it. No, was, you are a great podcast guest. Thank you. You pivoted. You told the stories that we didn't even ask, so you could tell the good stories. Because again, that's the that's the one thing about this. And we've had, I there's one guest specifically, probably like in my in our first fifty episodes, just got back from a tour. It, like I watched it on social media. I'm like, this mm. is one of the coolest. Like I can't wait to have this kind of podcast. I can't mm. fucking wait. This sto like the stories he must have are gonna be so sick, and they were just, they were good stories. Don't get me wrong, but he just wasn't the best storyteller. Mm. Mm. And you you almost have to, pr you had to ask the sp the questions specifically to get the answers that make good stories. Mm -hmm. The good storytellers are the ones where you can ask a simple question and they can just run with it, and they can just they can get the story out and tie it into the question that was asked. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what you like. It's like, do you, do you guys ever watch Entourage? Yeah. 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 Do you remember the episode when Vinny's going on, uh, not Jay Leno, but he's going on uh, whatever Jimmy Fallon or Jay Leno or one of those things, and he's like, "Oh, Vince, what are you gonna what stories?" Like, I'll figure. I was like, "You can't just figure it out there." Mm. And then well, obviously Vinny Chase gets up there and fucking kills it, mm. tells the <laughs> funniest stories, blah blah. blah. It's like 
that's what you want. You want a guest who can come in here and just knock it out of the park, and you did so. And uh, I, on behalf of both of us, I, we appreciate you coming on today. You were great. <laughs> thank you. You were really, really good. Guys, I had so much fun. So thank you. Um, and uh, let's do this again. That was uh, definitely. Let's 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 come back in 2024 with a little bit of an update as yeah, to where definitely. things are. Definitely, um, we we love having. So, we love that. Yeah, mm. especially like we do before show, after show. There's a lot of things we can do. Yeah, I get a little sweaty and stinky after the show, so maybe before. Yeah, we'll do it before. We'll figure. We'll figure something yeah. out. All right. Appreciate you. And guys, if you made it to the end of this, we appreciate you. Give Garrett a follow. Give Danny myself a follow. And other than that, thank you, Hardbite, to our sponsors. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the Pals Podcast. So you might have heard our mid-roll presented by XL Gum. XL Gum. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Yeah, they have a new Study Beats playlist on Spotify. Uh, it's an ASMR playlist. And they it's honestly a great. If you love ASMR, this is the playlist for you, especially during exam season. They've got four tracks, about 15, 18 minutes long. Uh, it's packaging, chewing, bottle, uh, bottling, and the crunching. One? And crunching, crunching, yeah. And it's just very soft-spoken Excel ASMR gum. Exactly. I can't do it because I don't have nails. You have nails. You could do it. I could do it, but I have to take this off. Yeah. It's, it's honestly really calming, and I know exam time can be very stressful time for a lot of students. So kind of using ASMR and the XL Gum playlist on Spotify can really help you get through those busy and rough times. Yeah, obviously exams are always a tough time. I've been there. Danny's kind of still in the thick of things with accounting school. Ugh, barf. Okay, wait. Our favorite word. Examity. We keep forgetting about examity. And we love it. It's such a great word. That's one of the, what's what the cool kids are saying these days. Imagine being in like the library and you're like, oh, you got examity? Oh, I got examity. But I guess what? XL Gum Spotify playlist helps me get through it. Boom. So you know what? Thanks so much for listening. And until next time. Cheers. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes and every high. I got alone. No one.